everyone. It's Dennis again with Connect and Convert, Insider Strategies for Small Business Sales Success. Today's topic, what are you thinking? Hmm, that's a broad topic. I think you'll find this interesting. I think it's going to be even more interesting because today I am joined by Leah Bumphrey. Hi, Leah. Leah is she's a colleague. She's a fellow Wizard of Ads partner. She has a brilliant sales mind, and she is an inspiring writer, lots of talent. She's now my partner on this podcast. A lot of things to admire about Leah, but what I admire most is her perspective. She and I share a lot about how we think about sales and how we teach sales and how we practice sales, but she offers a different perspective, which I love and need. Welcome, oh, Leah. Dennis. Dennis, it's great. I love working with you. You know what? We do have a different perspective on a lot of things, but we have a love of radio, a love of helping small business, and also a really passionate view on training. That's something I've always loved being involved in. And in my my life up here in Canada with my now three big boys and husband and working in radio primarily, it is a part of my life that I think is the most important. How you can help people how you can make a difference because you're always learning at the same time. So true. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, and I am going to have a lot of fun with you on this topic because you know a lot about this topic. What are you thinking? Well, deal is that us human beings have the unique ability to think about our own minds and the minds of others. We make inferences, don't we, about what other people are thinking, what their mental states are, what they intend, how they think, what they feel, what they believe, in hope of predicting behavior. I do that with my husband all the time, and it drives him nuts, because it doesn't matter what he says, I'm pretty sure I know what he actually means. And how often are you right? Very rarely, very rarely. (laughs) It doesn't stop me, though, because as you say, that's just what... Yeah, well, you know... Husbands and wife and people that are together, we the, the science is very clear on this. We have a bit more in predicting what our partners think, but it's not as much as you would think. Okay, they actually did a study of uh, married couples who been married at least ten years, and they asked them questions about each other. They had to fill out a, an assessment, and I think there was like twenty questions on it or something like that. And then they took the assessment and compared it to what the other partner said. And spouses were about 50% correct. Non-spouses were less than 30% correct. People that were strangers, or not strangers, but you weren't in a relationship. So there, yeah, there are some, some things that happen have a close relationship with somebody, but we still miss it half the time, okay? And try to guess what somebody's thinking, what they're, how they're feeling. Why is this important? Well, it's a social skill. We start developing this social skill in childhood. I already see it in my four-year-old granddaughter. I, mean, I already see her trying to assess what adults are thinking, how they're going to respond. I mean, it starts early. And you know something like that? It's true. We are all minders. We all are. Some of us are better than others, but most of us suck. <laughs> we just don't do it well. Uh, let me share some research. You know, I try to make everything science 
based. It's not Dennis or Leah talking. It's science talking. So University of Chicago, Professor Dr. Nicholas Epley, he did research on this topic. Here's what he found. The problem is that the confidence we have in accurate mind reading far outstrips our actual ability, even with close relatives. Yes, our mind-reading abilities are subpar at best. In other words, as I said, suck. <laughs> so how does this apply to sales? Leah, I turn to you for that. I think you can probably help with that. Well, it, it all, it, as you said, Dennis, we pride ourselves on the ability to do this, to be able to read minds. Yes. And yet, evidence shows that we're not as good at it as we think we are. But we're in a sales position where we are trying to Honestly, control a, a topic, control a presentation. We have a path that we're trying to take. We need to be able to anticipate where's the client coming from. Now, a lot of times it's it's a legitimate anticipation based on previous conversations, based on our knowledge of the industry, based on a whole bunch of things. But man, if I could just know exactly what's going on in that decision making head, if I can just pretend that I know, I can keep going and I can pull him with me. And they're going to be a success, and they're going to be a success. And fantastic. What a great story. Wow. You've got, you sold me. Absolutely. <laughs> I can remember you know, my career selling and sales management. Um, you know, you hear the same stuff over and over again. You say, I know what they're thinking. I know what that means. And you know what? how many times did I have to get slapped in the face, uh, figuratively, of course, to know I don't know what they mean? I, you have to. There's a technique, and we're going to talk about that. The all-too-common belief is that we know what they're thinking, and that's a big, big problem for most salespeople. We tend to react to our own thoughts, right? We think our thoughts are very typical. You, Some of you may remember our episode on false consensus bias. False consensus bias? We think we are very typical and that others think and believe and act just the way we do. Uh, wrong. <laughs> we are often certain we know someone know what someone is thinking, but our knowing is just speculation. It's, it's our interpretation. It's often misguided, skewed, and wrong. Professor Daniel Kahneman, one of my favorite professors and authors, he's written a ton of stuff. If you, if you ever want to get some inspiration about how the brain works, go to Daniel Kahneman. Here's what he said. We are generally overconfident in our opinions and our impressions and judgments. We exaggerate how knowable the world is. You know, Dennis, talking about how knowable the world is, that makes me think of our sponsor, wizardacademy.org. Yes. That is, you know, with all the topics that you've covered and some that I've been involved in, I always come back to Wizard Academy as a place that explores that topic of knowledge because it comes so many different ways. I think of magical worlds, for example, where the, it's the the whole communication area, when it, and especially as it comes to, uh, down into business and what's business with people. So you look at art, you look at writing, you look at how to be persuasive. Wizardacademy.org, I just encourage everyone to look at some of those topics. I know you've been to a lot more classes than I've been able to go. I have been going for over 20 years. I started you know, back when it was in Buda, Texas, and now it's in beautiful Austin, up on a beautiful hill in the hill country in Austin. 
My favorite class, well, I have a number of them. I'll mention one in particular, Da Vinci and the 40 Answers. Whoa, you talk about mind-bending. It's based on TRIZ, T-R-I-Z, which was a problem-solving algorithm matrix uh, that I, I don't think the Russians formed it or something. But a gentleman by the name of Mark Fox teaches this. You have got to go, if you want your mind bent in a good way, go to Da Vinci and the 40 Answers. I also like Paul Boomer does a leadership and culture course. Uh, it He doesn't offer it very often. So when he does, you better sign up for it, wizardacademy.org. Look for Paul Boomer leadership and, and culture. He gets into your soul. He gets into your very being to think thoughts you've never thought before that will help you become a better leader on manager. Those are just two that, that hit me. Also, they'll special design a class, custom a class for you, if you like. Uh, wizardacademy.org has all the information. Please check it out. It is well worth it. So back to our, our topic today, right? Uh, the topic is, what are you thinking? Let's talk about uh, how does this impact sales? Well, Leah, having been a practitioner in sales for many years, as I have, I remember one of the very basic teachings that I was ever taught. You have to walk a step in your customer's shoes. You know, you got to understand their perspective. What's going on in their mind? Well, not so fast, says the scientist. Science says a little different. Epley, Steffel, and Ale studied this. I won't bore you with all the citations. You can check it out if you like. But their experiments found, get this, no evidence that considering another person's perspective increased their ability to read someone else's mind. That was shocking. You think about that, though. Like, okay, you're, you're, you're trying to put yourself in their shoes. There's a lot of hubris involved in thinking that I can know exactly what it feels like, Dennis, to be in Florida living in a condo, having a four-year-old grandson. I can't know that any more than you can know how it is to be a a honky mom living in Canada that's got to shovel snow in a couple weeks. Like, you can't know that. You cannot. Immediately, that hubris takes over, and that's a lot of ego, and that becomes the worst worst in sales when you think you know better. Well, you, you said it, and that's another one of the, the cognitive biases that, that mess us up in sales. So that's why we want to talk about this today. What, what we're trying to do is decode perhaps the most complicated and adaptive system in the whole universe, the human brain, with billions of synapses. However, what did Epley and Steffel and Al find? They did find a strategy that would help. Ask. Don't guess. You're probably going to be wrong. If you're wondering what's on someone's mind, stop. Stop guessing. Pause and directly and actively listen. Okay. And I got to emphasize that, Dennis, because that is the most important part of it actually hearing what they say. Because you can ask them, but if you've already decided what they're going to say and you're on to, you've already jumped over that, that whole uh, uh, topic because you already know. Why did you ask the question? No, no, no. Shh. Listen, people know when they are being heard. They do. And the, 
the highest compliment I think you can pay to a person is listening and actually hearing and confirming that you heard what they said. We're going to do an episode on listening because to me, that is a skill that is that's so often misunderstood, uh, not and I think we will do one later, but let's stay with this topic today. Why do salespeople talk too much and ask and listen too little? Well, there are some reasons for that. If you've heard some of our previous episodes, we, we discussed the self-disclosure loop. We actually get a dopamine hit when we're talking, like I am right now. I'm getting a dopamine hit, but nothing when we're listening. Ooh, many salespeople that I have found they don't know any good questions. They know some pretty poor questions, and they're afraid to ask because they're concerned, fearful about the answer. They're not sure if they can deal with the answer. Have you found that to be true, uh, Leah? Absolutely. They they are afraid that it's going to again. You can lose control of the sales presentation. You can lose control of the of the call, and so we don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. So you provide information and. Just keep going, keep going, as opposed to genuinely being yep. interested in what the person is saying. Well, generally, we're very well schooled in the features and benefits of our product. And so the go-to is when we feel trapped or stuck or afraid or fearful, we go to what we know, which is pitching, right? We, we, we're excellent at pitching, and therefore the questions get thrown out unless you have practiced, rehearsed, and planned a framework to ask those questions. Dennis, I know you've heard, you can teach anyone a product. I don't care what it is that you need someone to sell. you got to find the right person. Not someone who is so well-versed in what it is that you're selling, but the right person. What is, who is that right person? It's the person who is genuinely interested, who can engage you in the conversation, who, when you're at a Christmas party, you don't want to go like this because you don't want to end up talking to them. You, you want the person that people are curious about. And they're not actually curious about the person, they're curious about the conversation because that person who's really good is getting the conversation going about everyone who's in the group. Great point. It's it's an art, isn't it? It's an art. It's a lost art. I don't know. I'm not sure if it was ever found, but it is an art. And uh, we'll talk about that. I'm inspired now to do another episode on, on that. Uh, most salespeople are trained uh, to do something called the three P's. Okay, what are the three P's? Pump, pounce, and present. I need to get all my points in, okay? Pump, I ask a loaded question. Hey, have you? would you be interested in blah, blah, blah? They're asking that question as a pretext to make a sales pitch. They're not asking for information. They want to deliver a pitch. So they pump, ask the question. They pounce, ah, they're interested. Boom, pounce, and then of course pitch. I got to get all my points in. Uh, let me tell you what. Uh, let's see. What does science say about the success rate of the three P's: pump, pounce, and present? What do you think, Leah? What do you think science tells us about that? I would say that it's not a high success rate. Quite low. Not even worth discussing. It doesn't work. It is. It's actually. If you've built a good foundation of opening questions and uh, doing your report building and all that, and all of a sudden do pump, pound, and pitch, you've just destroyed the foundation that you set. 
you go back to zero. In fact, you go below zero because now you're pitching again and they don't want to hear your pitch. People so. know you're trying to sell them, that you don't really care, that you're on to the next, that you haven't listened to them. And that's why, as opposed to having all that features and benefits information in your head and, and you need to know about your product, but really what you need is a couple of questions, a couple of questions that you really care about and that are going to make the person you're asking stop and think. I have a couple of those and you get to know them. You get to know the process of, uh, through this process, of what it is that you have that can make a difference for them. Yeah, and you make a good point. Uh, I don't believe in scripts and reading script, but I do believe in frameworks, okay? And you need to have a framework firmly set in your brain, in your sales brain, about how you're going to proceed with your questions. You do have to have a sequence. That's another topic. How do we sequence questions? Yes, we'll do another one on that, okay? We've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, Again, it's easier for sometimes for a salesperson just to make assumptions. It's hard to do a proper discovery. You have to actually be involved. You have to think. and, and yet, the most accurate insight is going to be the thoughts, words, and beliefs of your customer. And there's only one way to find it. Ask. If you've built a deep level of trust through good rapport and connection skills, they will likely give you an answer. Okay? Let's, let's, find, let's close out today with our ABCs. I don't know. In Canada, do they, how do they teach? I know you, you say Z differently than we Z or something. Yeah. No offense intended, but we say it the right way. <laughs> well, we could have another episode on that too. But <laughs> and maybe we will. Who knows? But we're going to talk today about our ABC without the Z, only the Z. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with that. Assumptions, biases, and certainty. Your ABCs. Assumptions, biases, and certainty. Those are the building blocks of what we call habitual thought. We default to system one in the brain, the automatic side of the brain, the ABCs. We have assumptions, we have biases, we have certainty. It helps us kind of make sense of the world. I mean, we can't think through everything, every situation we come into. That's where the system one brain makes things move fast. Uh, those are the things, though, Leah, that get in the way of deep curiosity. I'll share a quick story. Uh, I was interviewed once by someone writing a book on sales, and they asked me the inevitable question they would ask, what is the key trait of a great salesperson? And I think I messed up their brain. I answered, it's curiosity. And they were stunned because that's not what they hear usually. They were Mm -hmm. stunned. What, What is your reaction to that? You know, it reminds me of Dale Carnegie, and I think that uh, his writings, everybody should read those books. I always encourage people new to sales in any industry to read them, because he talks about the genuine interest that you have in people, in things, in what's going on, and that making a difference, that helping you to stand out, and it shouldn't. That, it shouldn't. It's like good manners. It should just be. Nobody notice it, but we notice it because it is so rare. And I think curiosity is scary for people because it shows a lack of knowledge. There's stuff I don't know. There's stuff I don't know, and you might know it, and I'm willing to ask you about it. 
Well, that's that was my thinking, and I, I'd like to even put more behind that. Okay, uh, assumptions are beliefs without proof. Assumptions shut down our curiosity. Notice assumptions about others. You might, uh, well, this customer is just like every other customer. I know what they're thinking. I know their situation. And you don't really care to dig deeper into their personal situation. The only way to test assumptions is by asking specific questions. Hey, tell me more. That's interesting what you said about XYZ. Can you tell me more about that? Okay. What are biases? Do, do you have any biases? You probably don't have any. Uh, oh, well, uh, <laughs> don't all Americans have guns? <laughs> well, that's not a bias. That's probably a fact. <laughs> yeah, I think you're pretty close there. That's funny. I, we all have biases. And you know what? We don't even recognize that we have them. I'm, I'm a mom of, of three boys. It kills me when I'm talking to people who don't have boys and they don't make certain assumptions about them. How easy it is to be a boy, how hard it is to be a boy. Similar to myself with my friends with girls. It's like, oh man, they're messing it up because if only they knew this, this, and this. I don't have any girls. We have these ingrained beliefs because we want to know or because we think we know. Guess what? Uh, there are scientists tell us there are at least 180, 180 cognitive biases. 180, okay? Oh. Yeah, they actually make a track of these things. Uh, they're ingrained. As you said, they're automatic. They're very difficult to recognize and they're difficult to challenge, but they cloud our judgment. They affect how we perceive a sales situation because we come equipped with those biases, whether we like it or not. Two that affect sales, uh, a lot of them do, but I'll mention two representativeness heuristic. We compare each situation to the stereotype that we already have. So we have a, a stereotype of what a customer looks like, what a customer is supposed to do, and we carry that with us to every customer we meet. Bad bias. Another one, we've all heard of this one, confirmation bias. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. What do we do? Well, we know something, know something in our heads to be true, so we look for something that will confirm us. If what we've already decided is true. And that's really, really easy to do because it it feels comfortable. If I want to be right, I'm going to prove that I'm right. And then when I have a story to tell my husband at the end of the day, it's going to show that, oh, you know what? I thought this was the case and that was exactly right. Um, and boy, it costs people sales. It costs business, businesses customers. It yes. costs us friends. All of these things, we make those assumptions that every Buddy under the age of 25 is stuck on the phone all the time. And so we forget that that's, that can happen, but that doesn't mean that they are just playing video games. It doesn't mean that they're not available for a conversation. But man, as soon as I see that, yeah, I knew that was the case. And away we go. The worst part of it is that when evidence is presented that supports an opposing view, what do we do? We ignore it. The confirmation bias says we only look for evidence to support what we already believe. You can see how dangerous that would be in sales. What if you believe that the price that your product is selling for is ridiculous? It's too high. How is that going to come out in sales? How will that affect your belief? I mean, so confirmation bias, 
very dangerous. The third one is certainty. Okay, we had assumptions, we had biases, now we have certainty. I'm right, and therefore I'm not interested in considering others' opinions. I often hear customers say this. In fact, I was listening to a recording the other day of a uh, of a uh, customer and a sales guy, and the customer said, well, this is what I want, and dismissed, basically. You can leave. Uh, yeah. We're not interested. Certainty. How's that? How do you? see that operating well you know what i have two minds with that one dennis because i need to believe something there is such a thing as objectively this is yes. this is where i stand on something but you also have to measure that on okay what is this are we talking about a great moral truth here or are we talking about the difference between all seasons and putting winter tires on my car right like am i willing to talk about this because somebody has had this you know like i have a girlfriend and she puts winter tires on her car and she swears by it. I won't do that because I'm not going to spend the extra money and I think it's a bit of a waste. But when I look at the information, there's a lot there to substantiate what she's saying. So I can be strong in my belief system, but man, if I'm not willing to listen and totally to somebody else, if I'm not willing to go, oh, maybe I'm incorrect about this, then if I rear-end you at a red, at red light, whose fault is that? You make a great point, as always. It depends, doesn't it? If this is a, I think you called it a moral truth or something. Yeah, there are some things that are certain, but we're talking about in a sales situation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about in a sales situation. If you, as a salesperson, believe that customers are always going to act in a particular way, you don't bother to question them. You don't bother to ask them. You don't bother you don't? to. You don't bother to inquire. And therefore, you have hurt your ability to make a successful sale. And sometimes the issue comes even before you're able to engage with them, Dennis, because you've predetermined by looking at them that that guy has no money, that guy has no interest, they're not going to make a decision. Look, at he's, he's, not, he's not, his shoes are not shiny enough, he can't afford this vehicle. And we make jokes about that in again in, in pop culture think back to oh what was that movie pretty woman where really? she was ignored she was ignored at the stress yes. she didn't look right now there's an easy way that could be avoided ask the question as a salesperson ask, ask the question yeah. my dad has a great story he sold cars for a number of years and he worked up in way up north and a gentleman walked in, and he didn't look like a gentleman, and he had a braid down to his bum. He was dressed like he was ready to work, and my dad was selling high-end vehicles. But you know what? Nobody else talked to this guy, but my dad did. Turns out this guy bought three vehicles from my dad. He had the money. He just wow. didn't necessarily dress for it. He just came off came off of what with the rig that he was working on. So we can dismiss people even before we get to, to the opportunity of of. And, and often, and often do. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the the lesson here is to, you know, to dig deep into your thinking. You've got to detach from your ADs, from your assumptions, your biases, and your certainty. I'd also like to do. Uh, I I've been doing a lot of homework recently on a number of topics, but one of them is deep curiosity. I am fascinated by the concept of curiosity. How does how do we become curious? Are we curious from birth? There, there is some science that says we are. 
and remain curious for the rest of our lives. But how do we help? How do we make that useful for us in sales? So I think another episode should be how do you uh, how do you make a better sales career by using deep curiosity? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? I, I think we, we've got a lot of talking to do, Dennis. Boy, we're going to be busy on this one. I hope you guys stay tuned. This is uh, another episode of Connect and Convert, Insider Strategies for Small Business Sales Success. I'm Dennis. She's Leah. We'll see you next time.